This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Rays Radio Network. Swing it up, pop fly, shallow right. Charging Margot. He is under it. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. For the second time in franchise history, the Rays are on their way to the World Series. Welcome to Countdown to Opening Day. There's a swing and a drive right center field. Back and it goes. Bats to the wall. Get out of here. It's gone. And it's a record-setting ninth home run this postseason for Randy Arozarena. Coming up, we sit down with Rays players, coaches, and front office executives to discuss the latest news in Rays baseball. Swing it a long drive, deep to left field. Going back is Gardner, all the way to the wall. It's gone! A home run for Mike Brasso. The Rays have taken a 2-1 lead and sweet justice in San Diego. Now here's your host, Neil Solons. We are now 18 days from opening day. It is uh, the day right after daylight savings time came in. So because of that, most of the Rays regulars have not made the short trip to Northport. In fact, Wander Franco, the Rays' top prospect and the top prospect in the game, is at the top of the lineup today. He's playing third base, not shortstop. Willie Adamas has made the trip along with a few regulars. Now, one regular who's not here is really our injury note, and that's Jimon Choi. We found out after the game that because of right knee inflammation, he's going to be shut down for 7 to 10 days and then reevaluated. The Rays still not sure whether he will be ready in 18 days for opening day. Obviously, his rehab and recovery will help determine that, and the Rays have already used Yoshi Tsutsugo at first base this spring, so at least they have another left-handed hitting option to go along with Yandy Diaz and Mike Brasso, who is in the lineup for the Rays today. As far as the show goes today, we're going to be chatting offense with Chad Matola, the hitting coach of the Rays. Tampa Bay does, by and large, have all its position players back from a team that last year was 12th in the majors in runs scored. And Austin Meadows, even though he had a down year, is considered a very key piece this season. Of course, he was the 2019 team co-MVP. So Austin Meadows will come up next when we return. Again, we're in Northport. You're listening to Countdown to Opening Day. Neil Solon's with you on 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. Hi, this is Kevin Cash, and you're listening to Rays Baseball on 95.3 WDAE and AM 620. Welcome back. Neil Solon's with you. This is Countdown to Opening Day today from Northport, Florida, where the Rays are taking on the Braves at the top of the hour. We remind you to be part of the Rays celebration of the American League Championship by joining the AL Champions Club presented by GEICO. Members receive an AL Champions replica ring, replica trophy, and access to exclusive experiences. You can sign up at racebaseball.com slash champs and raise up. Rays have Wander Franco at the top of the lineup today. Not the lineup is Austin Meadows, but certainly is a big part of the 2021 season. After a co-MVP campaign in 2019, we all know how challenging it was for Austin last year. And I asked him what he learned from a season where the club still made it to the World Series. Being able to do that, you know, last year and accomplish what we did. I think the impressive thing is just all the adversity that we had faced during the year. 
with a lot of injuries we had, some guys on the COVID list, including myself, and us being resilient, a resilient group, and just bouncing back from that and not making excuses and just going out there and, and winning ball games. And, uh, you know, obviously we pieced together a really good season. And, you know, for me personally, I learned a lot. And, you know, through, you know, obviously being a tough year, I think for me, just taking that last year and kind of bringing that into this year's motivation and a little bit of chip on my shoulder to go out there and, and show everybody, you know, what I can really do. It, it was that almost like the first thing that got, you know, it was going through your mind as you're finishing, boy, if, you know, if I can get healthy and if uh, I'm not the guy that I showed this year, I'm the guy more from 2019 than 2020. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking back, um, I think I only played about 35 games, you know, and I think if I look back on 2019, I went through a 35 game stretch where I, I was, I had barely any hits as well. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of look at that in, in the grand scheme of things and, you know, in, in, the, in the major leagues, I mean, you're, you're going to have in a full season, 162 games, you're going to have your ups and downs and your downs might be longer than you want, but you're always going to have those, those opportunities to, to have those ups. And I feel like at the end of the year, if you stay healthy in a, in a regular season, your numbers will be where they're supposed to be at. And like I said, yeah, like if I'm healthy this year, I feel like it's like I was, like I was in 2019 that I can get on a consistent routine. And uh, like I said, go through the ups and downs and end up on a really good, on a really high note. Even though with COVID, we don't get to see you guys really face-to-face physically, from a distance, you can still see the change. What did you do to make a change, and and how drastic do you think it is? Honestly, you know, I I was just trying to just to tell myself to try to get back to my 2019 form. I came in lighter in camp that year um, about what I'm at right now. And, you know, I just felt athletic, you know, I felt athletic and fat and quick and fast on my feet. And that's kind of was the main goal coming into this year. Last year, I was a little bit, a little bit heavier than I wanted to be. And, and I felt like I was, I didn't feel as athletic in the box and slower to pitches. And, and this year, I think the main goal was to, to feel athletic in the box and feel athletic in the outfield. And, you know, I show them that I can, you know, be out there, be elusive and, and track down balls. And, and not only that, but get to get to fastballs at the plate and um, turn on them pretty good. And I feel like, you know, so far this spring, I've been able to do that and, you know, feel really confident in myself and my swing. Normally, people say that results don't matter um, in spring training, but based on what you went through, do the results matter even a little bit mentally as as you prepare for the regular season? Yeah, I mean, I think as a hitter, you don't want to do bad in spring, (laughs) obviously. I think, obviously, results don't matter in the sense of, you know, stats and stuff like that. But I think for me, you know, being able to, to have two or three home runs at this point, j- just to know that, you know, hey, I can get to that pitch. And, you know, like I said, I feel athletic again. And, and I feel, I feel like that's just kind of a, a hard work pays off type type mentality of, you know, I, I did everything I could this offseason to prepare myself um, for this year. And you, like I said, you can't control a lot of things in baseball, but you can control your work ethic. And um, that's something that I took pride in this offseason. And, you know, hopefully it'll put me in a, in a good spot continue to be consistent in spring and and, in the season so what changed most in your off-season program was it the trainer you worked with the program the diet all the above some of the above well you know i changed trainers um obviously because my wife and i moved down here to florida and this was our first off-season down here so the biggest change obviously was was trainers and you know when you when you make a move like that you're always hesitant and you don't know you know um, many trainers in the area but luckily I talked with Charlie Morton and he got me with his trainer that he's had for a long time and you know Mike was was really awesome he really you know kicked my butt but I think it was you know really really good for me each day was a challenge and you know I was able to do that and commit to a diet plan and you know just just commit and just go all out and you know not have any second thoughts and just you know fight the bullet a little bit and you know I feel like it's gonna you know pay off what's your feel Austin overall about this group offensively and how good can it be 
Yeah, I mean, going back to us being healthy, I think if we are all healthy one through nine, we're, we're as scary as any lineup. I mean, I think, you know, with with what Randy showed last year, you know, with him, you know, hopefully carrying that into this year and, you know, with, with Brandon and, and me and Joey Wendell and Rosso and Manny Margot, Willie, I mean, there's delicious goes on. And I think for us, if we're all healthy, you know, all year, we, we can do a lot of damage. And, you know, that's kind of the mentality that we have as, as a, as a team and, and as in the lineup that we just look out for one another, we're not, there's no selfishness on the team. And one through nine, I think we show that in the lineup. We, we take care of each other. Uh, we back each other up and, you know, if one guy's having a, a rough day at the plate, the other guy's there to pick them up. And, you know, that's the cool thing about, you know, this team is that there's always seems to be a new hero um, all the time. And that's a pretty, pretty special thing. And you didn't even mention two guys that like you were injured last year. I mean, I, I think people forget in the playoffs, you G man and Yandi. We're all trying to work their way back from injury and get in baseball shape. Yeah, obviously you don't want to be injured, um, especially in a time like that. And um, you want to finish the year off going into the playoffs, being healthy and being consistent on the plate. And when you don't have that, and um, you take time off from live at bats. Um, you know, obviously it's hard to kind of get back to where you want to be, especially, you know, in the playoffs and the most important stages. So, um, but yeah, like I said, you like you said, you learn a, uh, learn a lot in those in those down times and just to figure out how to take care of yourself and prevent those injuries from happening in the future. And, you know, I think so far I'm on the, on the right track from um, learning about those things and, and moving on and into a positive, positive way. Spring training is about building chemistry, but you also learn a lot about, you know, some players you haven't seen. What have you learned about some of the young prospects through and what's your take on that group? Uh, we have a special group, you know, being, getting to be around those guys, whether it's in the locker room or, you know, in the game, I think a lot of these guys are, are very mature for, for their age. And obviously they can all, they can all play. They can, you know, hit defense. Uh, we have a lot of young pitchers that can throw the ball and it's just a good, good group of guys to be, be around. And I think, you know, that just is the culture here. You know, um, everyone's good at, at something at what they do and they have their strengths and, you know, it, it plays very well, you know, for, for us. And we know that, you know, there's guys that are coming up that, you know, that are going to help us possibly this year or in the future. And that's always a good feeling to have. Who impresses you the most and why? You know, being an outfielder, you know, getting to work with some outfielders, I think Josh Lowe is just, you know, he, he's, an, he's an athlete. You can tell he kind of reminds me of my brother in a sense of, you know, he's tall and lengthy and, you know, very fast, can cover some serious ground, you know, steal some bases and he can hit and hit for power too. So um, that's all the things you want to see in a baseball player. So I know the future's bright for him and he's got a lot of potential and upside and it's going to be, you know, fun to follow him. And in the meantime, I think people forget your position player group is almost entirely intact from a year ago. How good is the chemistry and how does that help in getting ready for the regular season? It's great. Um, we're trying to make the most of every everything obviously with COVID itself we're not not able to be around one another on the you know the outfield specifically the outfield group but when we're on the field and being able to work we continue to push each other and that's the cool thing about this group that no one's content and there's always things to work on here you know whether it's you know your offense or specifically defense and, and certain certain things you do out there I think that we all push each other to be good out there you know obviously we take a lot of pride in um, protecting you know backing our pitchers up and making plays that we can and, and busting our butt out there and making you know um, a difference out there and I think that we have a, like I said a special group and great chemistry to where we feel like we can continue to push each other and if someone's you know not doing something we can call them out and try to get them better and I think we all have that that mindset and from your standpoint Austin you guys go to the World Series last year, and there aren't a lot of people picking you for the division. There's some people even, you know, 
nationally I'm talking about, aren't predicting mm-hmm. whether you'll even make the postseason. Do you guys as a group carry a little bit of your chip going uh, on your shoulders going into the season because of that, or does it bother you much? No, I mean, I, I don't – I think a lot of these guys can say the same in a sense that we don't really um, pay attention to, to the outside of the clubhouse, the outside of the team. I think, you know, if we can control what we can and, and not worry about what, um, you know, people are saying and this and that, and I think when we control what we can, um, you know, I think that the sky's the limit for us. You know, obviously, you know, being – like you said, an underdog or, you know, not people expecting us to be there. I think um, that can carry a little chip in a sense of it just motivates us. You know, we, we like to be kind of under the radar. I think last year we proved that we can compete with anybody and we know we can. And that's, that's um, you know, important in a sense of, you know, how confident that we are as a team. It's Austin Meadows, who certainly has had a pretty good spring so far. And obviously the Rays are certainly hoping that he has a really good regular season for the group, too. Hey, you can help prevent the spread of coronavirus. The Rays are reminding you to follow state and local guidelines. Wear masks in public, practice social distancing, and wash your hands frequently. Raise up and mask up. Neil Solon's with you on Countdown to Opening Day. We've heard from Austin Meadows. When we come back, we'll hear from the hitting coach of the Rays, Chad Matola. We continue from Northport, getting you set for the Rays and Braves right after this on Countdown to Opening Day on 95.3 WDAE at AM620. Countdown opening day from Northport today. The Rays taking on the Braves at the top of the hour. And Dave and Andy will have all the play-by-play coming up in a little bit. As we continue with countdown to opening day, we hear from the hitting coach of the Rays, Chad Matola. You know, it's so rare for the Rays to have almost an entire unit back. But by and large, the position players are from a season go. So I asked Chad uh, what it means to have the majority of the position players here. It's definitely a different feeling this spring, knowing that we don't have many position battles, if any, going on. Our team's pretty set, so the ultimate goal in spring is always to prepare for the season, but it's usually a tough message to send when the guys are competing for jobs and things like that, and we really don't have that going on, so we're seeing the guys use this preparation properly. We preach it a lot, but it's it's nice that we can finally do it. I look at the group and say you were 12th in the, Amer- in the big leagues and run scored last year in the regular season without a healthy Austin Meadows, without Jimon Choi and Yandy Diaz, playing regularly and without a Randy or Rosarena for a full season. How good can the group be, do you think? I mean, that's what we can dream on for sure. I mean, we see Meadows is already back to his form. It was pretty pinpoint with him and Yandi, easy to pinpoint what held them back last year. Yandi never got COVID, but his concerns were getting it. So he really was ultra careful, probably didn't put in the work that he needed to put in work and, and Meadows got it. And I think it affected them on the field. So knowing they perform at the major league level, there's not any concern that they can't go back to it because we know what happened. So having those guys I, I, and Randy obviously was something special last year. So who knows what we're going to do? I, I never like to put limits limitations on anything. I mean, the growth of Bilal that keeps happening year after year, KK healthy all year, like it's real easy to dream on the group we have and finally be able to win some games offensively. You know, we've always been pitching in defense and it's been very effective and now we can sprinkle in some nights where the offense wins the game. Uh, we can keep building that, what we have going. And I want to get, I want to hit on the group um, that is returning, but have you also enjoyed the young kids who eventually are going to help you guys at some point, whether it's later this year, whether it's next year, whatever it may be? There's a lot of talent, especially switch hitters. And I, every morning, they're the kind of the first wave in, and I'm probably more excited to see that group than I am my group, and it's probably because I know my group already and we already have our routine set. And you sit back and you see, you read about them all and you hear the stories. Josh Lowe was here when I was here, but that was three, four years ago when I was in the minor league side. 
and you see him turn into a man. Then you hear about Jonesy that he can run, but then he's hitting the ball harder than most guys from both sides of the plate. You got Xavier Edwards' contact skills, and then you have Wander. I mean, I can go on and on. The list is pretty special of the tops and talent. It's not only the numbers of guys, but they're top end talent guys. And speaking of Wander, I mean, do you is he a kid that you stay away from and just let him do his thing at this young age? You know, I can't help myself sometimes. <laughs> Every day I walk in and, and tell him I'm just going to sit back and watch your number one prospect in all the game for a reason. But he's so talented, I have to ask him questions, how he's doing things, why he's doing things. And I move, didn't move his hands, but asked him if he could move his hands a little bit. And he picked up on it right away and repeated it and had some good results. So I tricked him for the time being into him thinking I'm real smart. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you've got um, some talent currently, too. And let's go with Austin Meadows. What makes you um, believe, beyond the physical health, that he is the guy that we saw in 19? It is physical health. It was not really mechanics last year. He was a little bit out of shape, thinking he would use spring training to get back into shape, which guys do later in their career, kind of earlier in their career, everybody comes in ready. But as you cement a role, it's okay to use spring training to prepare for the season. And that's kind of what he did. And then he ended up getting COVID and it just kind of compounded everything and never really physically got ready, which led to conditioning problems of just getting his work in to not moving as quick. And everything looks the exact same as 19 and he's excited. I'm excited. And the fact that he's getting results really add to that. Usually you don't put much on results, but in his case in spring training, does it mean something just because of what happened last year? Uh, it doesn't mean anything to me, but I'm sure it means something to him. Uh, like this game, it provides enough doubt already as a hitter, you're going to fail so many more times than you succeed. So anytime you succeed, it helps them mentally but I kind of stay in the, my course, so I really don't care. Now, like I said, if it helps him sleep better at night, I'm all for it. But even if he did not have the results in the game right now, what he's doing in his work will translate. So that's what encourages me. You had mentioned Brandon Lau's growth. Where has he grown this year? What have you seen so far? I mean, he's just becoming more of a complete hitter. There's no doubt he can hit a fastball. The, the league's kind of picked up a little bit on spinning the ball a little more, so he's making adjustments in his load, and he's – He's covering more pitches, and it, it's just progressing year to year, and just very similar to all the guys. That, you know, as we went on the playoff run two years ago, then to the World Series this year, and they have expectations that I'm not getting get in the way of. Randy Rosarena put up numbers that I mean, I think maybe only Barry Bonds has done in the postseason. What's realistic with him, and does he look any different now than he did a year ago? Uh, first at bat, everybody kind of was in anticipation, like, when is this going to stop? In the history of his game, has never happened. So it, unrealistic goals probably set on him by all of us, including himself. But he has fun doing it. So he does not put pressure on himself and expect those things to happen daily. He just goes out and plays. So we, we sit back and watch. I, I can't put a limit on it. What am I supposed to guess what he's going to do? Last year at the ATS, he didn't hit a home run. Um, so then he comes up and does what he did and worked his way in the lineup. Then obviously in the postseason, what happened? I'm sure there's a balance to it all, but I'm not, I can't predict what he's going to do. He looks the same exactly he did last year, which is encouraging. You know, I think that um, as good as Randy was in the postseason, it kind of overshadowed that Manuel Margot had that good a postseason. Because he's now a year settled, he had to deal with so much, including the death of his, his father. How much more settled do you see him in camp, and how much of a help can he be offensively this year? I mean, he's a quiet guy already, and now he's got comfort and then performance 
as well. So it's kind of the combination of being around in our culture and seeing an environment that he can be himself. I know he bounced around, was a top prospect in this game for a while. And I think he's very comfortable here as well as the performance side. So if you combine those two uh, in his routines and his daily work, he, he's getting everything done and he's made a few adjustments that look really good on top of the postseason. So uh, I think he's one of the sleeper guys that is going to really do some things this year. Who's also a little bit underrated in your mind or maybe doesn't get the attention and may have an impact issue? Well, I, I think Troy doesn't get a lot of credit for the quality of bats he puts together, some of the walks he works, some of the innings he extends. Obviously, with Garrett Cole, that I don't know how long that'll keep up. But <laughs> I, I think G-Man doesn't get a lot of credit as much as he should sometimes of just the way he can work in at bat. And I know that uh, Joey Wendell had a very good regular season. He said he made some tweaks in the offseason. What have you seen from him? Uh, he changed his grip a little bit, which is going to shorten up his swing to cover the fastball a little better. He's still tinkering around. We're trying to find the ideal spot that he's at, but he's still at the point where he knows he needs to make a little adjustment. He he has it in him. He's performed. He hit 300 a couple years ago. We think we can get closer to that, and that's what we're playing around with. We had Willie Adamas on the show last week. I know he tweaked his swing a little in the off season. Do you see much of a dramatic change from a year ago? It's a pretty big, drastic change for him in the sense of the way he's approaching the ball. It's all bat path based, a little, be a little more connected, be a little tighter. Um, in the drill work, it's, it's translating pretty good. In the game, there's velocity, very similar to everybody else. And there's going to be a couple more tweaks that has to happen. But we have to get playing time to see the blend of all these things that apply to him individually. And from a group, what do you think are going to be the greatest strengths, Chad, for the race offensively this year? Uh, the length of the lineup. I think in years past, we'd ha hit some lulls during the game where guys had pressure to perform, you know, top of the order. We, if we don't score here, I don't know if we're going to score. So I, I think just the fact that we have so much more length in our lineup that there's no pressure on guys. Hey, if we don't score this inning, you know, we won't be up for a couple more innings. It's just refreshing that they're just going to be able to work the walk, move a runner do the little things because they don't have to, I don't think we'll have to rely on the long ball as much as we have in the past. It's nice when we hit one for sure, but I felt like we were hit or miss and we go through some stretches where the long ball wasn't there and we didn't have an answer. So the fact that we have more length and we can actually have productive at bats and we don't have to go for the home run all the time, it will help us a lot. Good stuff there from uh, Chad Matola, the hitting coach of the Rays, on what to anticipate this year with the Rays offensively. And a uh, few of the starters have made the trip today for the game in Northport against the Braves, but one of the guys he highlighted was Wander Franco. And Wander actually at the top of the lineup for the Rays today playing third base. The regulars are guys who probably make the opening day roster who are in there right now include Francisco Mejia, Willie Adamas, Mike Brasso, and also Brett Phillips. Uh, as the race getting set for the Atlanta Braves with Drew Stratman making the start on the mound. Today, I want to certainly thank uh, Chad Matola and Austin Meadows for joining us on the program. And also thanks to Reggie Davis back at her studios and Mark Hayes on site. Dave and Andy will have the play-by-play -play coming up in a little bit. On the program next week, we're going to talk with a couple of glue guys for this race organization, one being Joey Wendell, who's certainly a big part 
of the team defensively and offensively and in the clubhouse too. And we're also going to hear from bench coach Matt Quattrero because he's the right-hand guy of Kevin Cash. And obviously in a COVID world, he's had all kinds of challenges to deal with uh, to prepare for the upcoming season. And what's he doing differently this year than in years past? We'll hear all about that on the show next week. In the meantime, we get you set for the Rays and the Braves. Thanks for being with us from Cool Today Park in Northport on Countdown Opening Day on 95.3 WDAE and AM 620.